the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. You want to come with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11 before we pray. He said, you must have the same attitude that Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. And then, that is verse 5, and verse 9 says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. You see the connection between attitude and altitude. Let's pray. Spirit of God, we thank you for this moment we have. We ask the Lord, you breathe upon your word, bring us understanding. Let your word come with simplicity and with clarity. Let no man watching now or thereafter ever remain the same. Be glorified as your people are edified through the ministry of your word. In Jesus' matchless name, amen and amen. The Bible says we must have the same attitude that Jesus had. It was the attitude Jesus had. That brought him the elevation he experienced. Everybody wants to experience elevation in life. We want to see ourselves make progress, succeed, and promoted in life. We want to excel or get elevated in our finances, get elevated in our spiritual life, see dramatic changes in our relationships. And one of the things in this series we are seeking to establish is that anywhere we want to get to, it's possible. With Christ, we can get to any height. But with a positive attitude, we can get to the height God wants us to get. It's important that we appreciate that Christ in you, the hope of glory. The moment you are born again, your destiny becomes one of glory, one of honor, one of distinction. But by and large, our attitude will go a long way to influence the reality of that future. God has a glorious plan for your life. He has a beautiful future for your life. And we are saying that your attitude matters a lot when it comes to the realization of this glorious future God has for you. Last week, we tried to explain what an attitude is. And we said an attitude is, among many things, an inward feeling expressed by an outward behavior. 
an inward feeling expressed by an outward behavior. Attitude usually is invisible. It's something that is within, but we see its uh, manifestations on the outside. So attitude is an inward feeling that is expressed by an outward behavior. The way we behave is always founded on our attitude. Again, we said attitude is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about something or something typically reflected in a person's behavior. Said attitude is a way of thinking or feeling about someone or something typically reflected in a person's behavior. What you think about a person will reflect in your attitude or your relationship to the person. We looked at seven important insights about attitude. Number one, we said your attitude is a choice. Contrary to what many people think, our attitude is a choice. We choose to be happy. We choose to be excited. We choose to be depressed. We choose. Our attitude is our choice. And then, of course, we said that our attitude is influenced by input. Our attitude is influenced by input. Those are some of the things we shared with you last week. And today we'll be focusing largely on how that comes about. And then we said our attitude affects our relationships. Our attitude is not caused by people or circumstances. Like we said earlier, your attitude is a response. It's not the cause. And then your attitude, good or bad, can be very contagious. Attitude is contagious. It can be very, very infectious. Attitude is highly infectious. And that should tell you that you need to hang around with people with positive and the right godly attitude. And of course, we said your attitude will be rewarded, good or bad, will be rewarded by God. God rewards our attitudes. The Bible said he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The attitude of humility will bring you access, will give you greater access to the grace of God to do greater exploits in life. But the attitude of pride would bring opposition, strong opposition and resistance from God. And then, number seven, we said, attitude determines your destiny. Your attitude will determine your destiny. That is very, very critical. Where you end in life is not the function of circumstances. Where you end in life is a function of your attitude. Where you end in life is attitudinal, not accidental. That is something that I, I, I noted now. Where you end in life is attitudinal, not accidental. People don't end up as failures accidentally. People don't end up as success accidentally. People choose their attitudes and their attitude bring them to their desired end in life. So if you want to end well in life, you want to have a successful relationship, a successful relationship, a successful business, build a successful business, you have to appreciate that your attitude matters a great deal. Joseph took charge of his attitude and he became a leader of his family. He was... The last but one to be born. And this man rose up to become the leader of his family because he had an unusual ability and attitude to forgive. You remember Esau. Jacob was the last. Esau came first. Jacob was uh, second to Esau. Now, Jacob ended up becoming the ruler. He took leadership over his family because he had the right attitude. Your attitude will determine your destiny in life. And I want to give you this bonus before we continue today. Being a Christian or religious does not automatically guarantee a good attitude. This is very, very important. Ordinarily, you would have thought 
Now, once you are a Christian, you are going to have a, a good attitude, but it doesn't work like that. There are many Christians who have a very porous, negative, self-destructive attitude. So you have to understand that, that you are in church, that you are born again, that you are a Christian, does not automatically mean that you have a good attitude. That's why the Bible says that we should not copy the customs of the word, but we should be transformed until you are transformed as a Christian. There's no way your attitude will automatically be changed. The fact that you have confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spirit is born again, you are saved, but your attitude has to be worked on. And that's why it's so important that we consider the subject of attitude. Today, I want to focus on the origin or the basis of attitude. If attitude is that important, if our attitude will determine our success or failure in life, be it in relationships, be it in our business, be it our spiritual lives, if our attitude is this critical, then we need to know where our attitude comes from. What is the origin of our attitude? Where does our attitude come from? We are going to be exploring Principal factors that shape or influence our attitude for good or for bad. These are key things that are very, very important, and I want you to take a close look at these things. They shape or influence your values. They shape and influence your attitude positively or negatively. Some of them are things that are default. You can't do much about them. But even that one, once you get born again, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. And so we are looking at 10 influences of your attitude, 10 major things that influence your attitude for good or for bad, 10 key influences of your attitude. Number one is your personality, your personality. Most people find it difficult to accept who God has made them to be. God has made you short. That is who you are. God has made you to be an outgoing person, that is who you are. God has made you to be somebody who is more introverted, that is who you are. And all of these attitudes or personality traits will reflect or will have an impact on your attitude. In the book of Psalm 139, he says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. God has made you marvelously. He has made you wonderfully. You may be fighting or having a difficulty accepting who God has made you, but that's who God has made you. Learn to accept who God has made you. In the book of Ecclesiastes 1.15, he says, What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. If God has made you to be a choleric person, in fact, Timelai, he talked about four different temperaments, and each person is actually a composite of a combination of these temperament. So you have the choleric, you have the sanguine, you have the phlegmatic, and then you have the melancholic. All of them have their unique strengths and challenges. We come with this default drive. That is how we are wired. All of us, we come with different. Some people are more uh, outgoing. They are more optimistic. They have a hopeful and brighter approach to life. There are people who are also have a laid back, like phlegmatic. They have a laid back. They are less ambitious. They won't take any initiative. You have to push them and push them and push them. Then there are those who are also very ambitious, like choleric, bold and audacious. And then there are those who are also very analytical. Those are the melancholics. They are very analytical. Everything, they see the negative side of things. And these are various attitudes we're naturally wired with. All right? 
Once you get born again, these attitudes have to be submitted to the Lordship of Christ. You don't allow yourself to be ruled by your temperament, but you allow yourself to be governed and ruled by the fruit of the Spirit. And if you look at the fruit of the Spirit, in each of these, in every area of deficiency in any of these four temperaments, there's an antidote in the fruit of the Spirit. Those who have a sadistic approach to life, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Those who are less forgiving, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Those who are less peaceful, they like to create confusion, create chaos, talk by heart. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. So if you look at it, you see that by and large, all the deficiencies in the various temperaments have been catered for by the fruit of the Spirit. The second source of our attitude or the second influence on our attitude is the environment. The environment, who is around you, where were you raised, where you were born, where you were raised, they influence your ability. They influence your attitude to a large extent. They influence it. If you were raised in poverty, you can grow up having a very stingy attitude towards money. You fear money so much that even when you need to use money to do something good, you are afraid you may never get it again. There are people who fear money. They are rich, but they fear money. And it's an attitude because of how you were raised. Jesus was born in a manger, but he didn't live his life like one who was born in a manger. So where you were raised must not control your destiny. You can also change that. Our fundamental belief systems come from the environment from which we are raised. So it's important that we look at that. Where you were raised, the environment affects your attitude. Then number three acceptance or affirmation from authority figures in your life. Acceptance or affirmation from authority figures in your life. The words you hear from authority figures in your life can go a long way to affect your attitude for good or for bad. That's why when Jesus was being baptized, Matthew 3, 15, the first thing he was told was that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. That's why Jesus was that confident. He was so confident because he knew that he had unconditional acceptance with his father. He didn't need to do anything to merit it or to win it. God had accepted him. God loved him. And when a child is raised up in an atmosphere where he feels loved, you can't put a limitation on what he can do and accomplish in life. When a child is raised in an atmosphere where they feel confident and they are made to believe that all things are possible, they can do anything and achieve anything, the way they approach life is different. But when a child is also raised in an environment where he's not affirmed, he's not told he's loved, he's not affirmed, his abilities and giftings are not acknowledged, they also grow up not being able to accomplish much in life. And their attitude towards life, by and large, becomes negative. Moses was born and he was raised. The Bible says of Moses, Hebrews eleven twenty three. by faith, Moses... Parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. When your parents see you as no ordinary child and they raise you up as no ordinary child, you also grow up becoming and functioning and living your life like no ordinary child. So affirmation is very, very important. And those of you who have children, it's important that you learn to affirm your children early. 
We should speak words that makes our children feel confident. They should feel capable. They should feel empowered rather than words that put them down and limit their potential. And then, of course, number four source of our attitude is our self-image. How do you see yourself? A wise man said, it is impossible to perform consistently in a manner inconsistent with the way we see ourselves. He said, it is impossible to perform consistently in a manner inconsistent with the way we see ourselves. Poor self-image and poor attitudes go hand in hand. That's it. If you see the world as against you, you will also be against the world. That's how it is. How do you see yourself? You remember the story of the 10 spies. They came and they said, when we came back, when we saw the people, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. And so we were in their eyes. Life will always deal with you based on the way you see it. People will always treat you the way you see yourself. If you see yourself as nobody, you'll carry yourself as nobody, and people will treat you as nobody. But if you see yourself as a person of wealth, you will also treat yourself with dignity, and people will learn to respect you and regard you the same way. You remember Gideon? He was raised from a very poor background, and that influenced his mindset and posture and attitude towards life. The Bible says when God was ready to use him, Judges chapter 6, verse 14 to 15, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this your might. Go in this might of yours. You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midian. Have I not sent you? So he said, oh Lord, how can I save Israel? The guy didn't know that he had anything to even save. He was mighty. He was a mighty man of valor, but he didn't know. Nobody had ever told him. He had grown up with people who always pointed him to his weakness, who always made him see his incapacities and limitations. So he could not see that this, uh, this Gideon who was born from a poor family and all of that could do something great in life. So how we see ourselves is very, very important. If you see yourself loved, you extend love to others. But if you see yourself as somebody everybody hates, you also go out of your way and hate everybody. That's how it is. And then number five, exposure to new experiences and opportunities. Exposure to new experiences and opportunities. This is critical. If you were raised in a village and you live all your life in the village, everything about you will be village-like. And so it's important that we expose ourselves to new opportunities, things that will challenge us, that we can achieve more, we can be better than ourselves. When you get among certain people who challenge you, when you get exposed to people who are doing greater things than you are doing, it helps you to see that, listen, I can be better than I am currently. I am much more than I think I am. The Bible said, do not remember the former things. Don't get stuck with the old. Expose yourself to new things. Go to new places, meet new people, travel to new places, take on new challenges. It helps you to develop a positive attitude towards life. Number six is association with your peers. Who influences you? Who is your friend? Who do you come with? Your association will go to a large extent influence your attitude, your association, who you associate with. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, he says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupt good character. Bad company corrupt good attitude. He who walks with wise, Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with wise men will be wise. A companion of fools will be destroyed. You shall not be destroyed in Jesus' precious name. So our attitude is influence. The people around us, what they think about us, usually influence us. When they give you a feedback, that you are strong, 
you begin to feel that you are strong. When they give you a feedback that you are always negative, it can influence you negatively. You remember Joshua and Caleb? They stood out. Joshua and Caleb were twin brothers. They became twin brothers because they had a positive attitude. The Bible said, and as for my servant Joshua, because he had another spirit with him, he had another spirit. It was the spirit of a positive attitude. It was a spirit that saw God as being their helper. It was a spirit that made them anything anybody else can do, they can also do it. It was a spirit that made them aware that they may not have a great background, but they have a great God who is backing them. And so with God on their side, all things were possible. That should be your posture and your attitude towards life. You remember Peter's association with uh, Jesus Christ. Peter was so timid, he was so afraid. A little girl could make him curse. But when Peter walked closely with Christ and he got baptized with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says of Peter, Acts chapter 4, verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and knew he was a learned man, they took notice that he had been with Christ. That association so impacted his life. Listen, don't take the people you company with for granted. The relationships around your life, they are changing you for good or for bad. That's why you need to be careful who you choose to be your friend. There are many people who can be your acquaintances, but not many people can be your friends. Your friends must be people who share same values, similar values, believe same things. Your friends should be people who challenge you, can tell you the truth, and push you into your best self. Those are people you can call your friend. So it's important we appreciate that our association will go to a large extent. If you associate with people who like to hang out and gossip, you realize that you will end up becoming a gossip. If you hang out with people who are fearful, eventually you'll become a fearful person. And I pray that you make a quality decision to choose your friends and the people around you, people who influence you. And then, of course, your physical appearance, how you look, it can affect your attitude. There are people, they, they, they feel they are not handsome. <laughs> so they, and so they have that posture towards life. Everywhere, when people are being selected, they think that they don't deserve to be selected because as for them, they know, I know myself, I am ugly. Now, why should you think of yourself that way? <laughs> After all, they say beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. Your physical look can affect your attitude. There are people whose height affects their attitude. They don't think they can achieve much because they are short people. There are people who are also very daring because of their height. They look at their, like Saul, he was a man who was high shoulders and head up above every other person. So that your physical appearance, it can affect your attitude. There are things that sometimes you can't do much about. Your height is not something you can do much about. But how you present yourself and how you appear, you can do much about it. And so there are things we can do to compensate certain weaknesses we may have that are not our making. And so we need to take advantage of that. Of course, your marriage, your relationship, your job, your security and status. These are things that sometimes affect your security and your status. And it can affect it a great deal. If you live with a nagging woman, you will never see your potential. You always see your weakness because that is what she's always drawing your attention to. You are like this, you are like this, you are like this. And all the things they are telling you are like are negative things. So you see that your potential the giant in you can never rise because you are hooked up 
or the wrong guy. The Bible said, better to live on the corner of a rooftop than to share a house with a quarrelsome woman. Better to live in the desert than with a quarrelsome and a nagging wife. Our close associations, like the people we work with, the family we are raised in, and all of that, have a way of influencing our attitude. If you have a loving relationship, you are raised from a home where you are shown love, you are shown affection, it affects your attitude and posture. You will become more affectionate, you become more sensitive to the needs of others. But if you are raised by a father, a mother, or a spouse, or you lived with a spouse who is very insensitive to your needs, that can affect your emotions and it can affect the way you even respond to things and to people around you. Of course, this is very, very critical. This is your beliefs. Number nine is your beliefs. Your attitude is shaped by and large by your belief system. What do you think of yourself? What do you think of yourself? What do you think God thinks about you? What do you think others think about you? What do you think your boss thinks about you? What do you think your spouse thinks about you? All of these will affect how your attitude will be towards all of such people. If you think God hates you, you'll be running away from God. If you think God is looking for you to meet all his standards before he accepts you, you will never feel accepted. You will never feel loved by God. So what you think is very, very important. And that's why when you get born again, the most important thing scripture calls you to do is to change your thinking. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In the book of Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he eat and drink, he says to you, by his heart is not with thee. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the New Living Translation says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, of the world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You see, there is no way you can be transformed to the new person you are in Christ except you change the way you think. Your spirit is new. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He has a new spirit. But that new spirit must work with a new mind. You cannot leave your new spirit out with, with your old mind. So you have to put on the old mentality, the old village mentality, the old mediocre mentality, the old average mentality, the old I am sick mentality, the old I am weak mentality, and embrace a new mentality, a mentality of possibility, a mentality of I am loved, a mentality of I'm accepted, a mentality of I'm the chosen of God, a mentality of I'm blessed, and a mentality that I am well. I am whole and healthy. That is a mentality you need. You need that mentality. And that mentality will not jump on you. That mentality can only come to you when you consciously embrace the truth of scripture. You have to open up yourself to the word of God and then make sure that you embrace the reality of scripture. The scripture must be more real to you than your environment. That's what we are talking about here. So what you believe about yourself will affect your attitude to a large extent. If you believe that people want to put you down, you will always be found with an attitude of pride because you want to resist those who want to put you down. And then of course, number 10, finally, today is the choices you make. The choices you make. You remember that we said your attitude is your choice. There are many things you may not have control over in life. The Bible said, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, I have said before thee life and death, blessing and cursing. 
choose life that thou and thy seed may live. All right, so there are things we have the power to choose. You can't choose where you were born. You can't choose who gave birth to you. You can't choose your, your, your genetic makeup. But there are many other things you can choose. You can choose the people you hang out with, your friends. You can choose them. You can choose the mindset you go through life with. You can choose where to go to school. You can choose who to marry. You can choose where to stay. These are choices you make. And you see, in as much as there are some choices you don't have control over, by and large, most of the choices in life are choices you have control over. And so if you decide that you are going to make those positive choices, you are going to make those choices that would shape your attitude, the choice to be happy, the choice to be generous, the choice to be kind, the choice to be humble. If you are ready to make these choices which are consistent with scripture, there is no way your attitude in life will not be great. I pray that you will begin to do an audit of your attitude. Look at your attitude. They are not accidents. There are things that came together. A number of things come together to form your attitude. And I pray that having walked you through these things, you will take a look at them and see which area you are deficient. And I pray that the grace of God will rest upon you and will help you to rise up with a positive attitude that will set you up for the higher altitudes ordained for you in Christ. You will not die a mediocre. You will not die as a nobody, but you will rise with distinction to fulfill your great destiny in Christ. You are rising to higher altitudes as you embrace a new attitude. The Lord bless you, and God bless you so much for being part of our broadcast today. We look forward to having you join us same time next week as we bring you another exciting episode in this Attitude for Altitude series. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.